Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax, put aside whatever else is going on, if you need to go to a different location, whatever you need to do, just so you can be available to receive what the Lord wants you to have during this time. Lord, we ask that you make yourself known, that you reveal yourself, and that you touch each one of us, that you encourage those that need to be encouraged, and whatever anyone needs, just give them what they need so that they can acknowledge that they're receiving it from you, that you can draw us closer to you in our soul. We know that we're one with you in our spirit, but our soul is struggling even to against you. And we give you permission to do whatever is necessary to bring our soul into reunion with our spirit. We've already given you permission during, at the time of salvation, we gave you permission to do it all. But we acknowledge again that we give you permission to do whatever is necessary to bring us into oneness. We want to be whole. As painful and uncomfortable and discouraging even as the process may, may be, it is for our good. It is for our benefit to be one, to be unified, to be whole, to be one in you and one with you. And to give you permission to do whatever you need to do, whatever you want to do. You know what we need. We don't. So on that note, let's just remind ourselves that that God does love you, his purpose for your life is not so that you can serve him. It's not so you'll have a better handle on things and whatever comes next, heaven or whatever. Or that you will glorify him or honor him. He doesn't need that. I mean, sometimes we learn need to learn how to do that, but it's not because it's something he needs. He honors and glorifies himself. He has the honor and glory of the entire creation. All the earth is filled with his glory. All the universe is filled with his honor. It is a reflection of who he is. Part of that can be a challenge because there's good and evil in the world. There's good and evil in the universe. And we think that God is only good when it's the right hand and the left hand that molds and shapes that pot that's fit for use, both the right hand and the left hand of God that works in our lives. We, we want the blessings of God, but we want to reject, we push back on his correction, on his redirection, on his, sometimes even his healing. Sometimes healing is painful. Sometimes God just revealing himself can enlighten things that we've been running from, hiding from. And a lot of times it's 
very personal, but it can also be very much about what we believe. Very often, what we believe is what we have faith in and not God. Let me repeat that. Very often, what we have our faith based in is what we believe. Our faith is based in our beliefs, not God. And even if what we believe, even if you what you believe is true, he doesn't want you to have confidence in that belief system, in your belief. Like, I know God, God loves me, so I'm just going to gut it out. I know he's you know, going to glorify himself. He's going to, you know, bring all things together for good. Whatever. We, we, even if that's true, those are all true. But they can be a substitute for the truth. God himself. Jesus Christ. A relationship with him. Being in his presence. So even just knowing the right thing, believing the, the truth, isn't a substitute for knowing God. And when we have our beliefs based on that, God has to even let that fail. So we find ourselves in situations where what we thought God does, who he thought, who we thought he was, doesn't turn out like that at all. This is where the whole idea of, well, God isn't evil. But he created evil. So where did it come from? It's our belief systems that are the problem, not God. It's part of that whole ministry of reconciliation. That his standard of truth, who he is, his very nature, his nature is the standard by which all things are evaluated, not the beliefs, but his very nature. And our ability to perceive and experience his nature is filtered through all the bad habits in our soul. Your bad habits, the, the, your misbeliefs, your, your history, your, spirit, your, your religious genetics, filter God's love, his gifts for you, his blessings, his nature. They, they filter and detract his sunlight. So we want all those things to be removed so we can see his face clearly. We want to see him face to face, not physically, not even solically, but one spirit, soul, and body. That's the only way the perception in our soul is going to experience truth, is through spirit, being joined to spirit. Spirit to spirit. So that's one of the reasons we're working on our soul. Now God is going to be the one to do the repair work. He is going to be the one to reveal where we where the where we're believing lies, healing our wounds, t- 
teaching us how to overcome rejection. He's the one who's reviving our soul. But while he's doing that, we are learning to live and move and have our being as a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. We already know how the body works to some extent, to an extent that makes our day-to-day life workable. But not our soul. We've built up such a reliance on our natural. You know, when we think about, okay, what is Christian, you know, what does the typical Christian think of, you know, Christian service? It's we think of going to church, of giving our money, of what we say, we sing, you know, we, we worship, we are kind to one another, you know, we, we do things that are physical. We help our, our community, we, we encourage one another with our words. We understand the, the role of what our body is to do in the natural, what we, what, you know, we speak to one another, we are encouraging to one another, we, we understand that realm, that role. But our soul, we've not given it the time or the energy that it's worth. And it may, there may be times when those other things need to be put on the shelf for a while so that we can spend time with God and just work on our soul. How does your soul work? Again, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your thinker, your feeler, and your doer. Those qualities in your soul are your temperament. And, we, and God gave you the soul and the temperament, the mind, the will, and the emotions that he wanted you to have for this time here on this earth. They are not who you are. They are characteristics about you, about your soul. Just as the color of your eyes, the color of your skin, your height, your age, those are all things that are about you. They are not you. You didn't have any control over receiving them. You were born with them. They don't, you don't get any credit and you don't get any debit. God doesn't hold against you anything that he gave you. So whatever soul you have, whatever body you have, God doesn't care. God doesn't care about the value that we place or lack of on either the body or the soul. We know some, you know, we have this concept of beauty and value, athleticism in the physical. God doesn't care about that. He was he's the one who gave you that body anyway. Same way with your soul. Some people are more have their their skills are more socially valued. Others are not. He doesn't care. He's the one who gave you those skills, those 
solical strengths and weaknesses. So he's he's not going to react and say, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have made you something different. I should have made you a different way. I'm so sorry. He's never going to be apologetic about the plans he has for you. So whatever position you're in, whatever situation you're in, it's to bring you into alignment with your spirit, which is already aligned in one with God's spirit. Again, God isn't doesn't God doesn't have a spirit, he is spirit. So when we're connected to to him, spirit, soul, and body, we are connected to the fullness of God, spirit, soul, and body, one. And that's what his goal is for us. But in the meantime, he wants us, while we're here on this earth, and I don't know what's coming next. Nobody does. We may have the same soul then, after we pass from this life from this earthly existence into whatever's next, we may bring along the same soul that we have now. And what we get done here, as far as understanding how our soul works, may be of great benefit in whatever comes next. I don't know. We may not have a soul at all in what comes next. Who knows? I mean, I'd like to find out, but just out of matter of curiosity. I'm not in any rush to leave behind any opportunity that God has during this earth existence. Our job is to pay attention to what he is teaching us, the opportunities he's laying in front of each one of us. He's going to do the 99% of the hard stuff. And he's going to bring us in at the end, you know, like, when he heals us, very often he's got 99% of the healing done. And then he brings it to our attention. Say it's about rejection. Say it's about, you know, how, how you were raised or whatever, whatever wounds you have. Say terrible things happen to you. Or even, you know, everybody, there's two kinds of people in this world. Those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. Whatever your 10 is, it's your 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, we all have 1s and we all have 10s. So yes, some people have gone through terrible things. And some people have gone through hardly anything. Where being, you know, missing a, an airplane flight is, a, is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. It doesn't matter. That's their 10. Somebody might might have been, you know, as a child witnessed murder or something. That for them is a 10. Whatever your 10 is, God wants to heal that wound. It's not about the thing. It's not about the lie we're believing. It's not about our religious history, our religious genetics. It's not about what we've inherited or what we believe now or how we've been rejected or wounded or hurt. It's about are we going to God to, for healing, for restoration, 
to restore our soul? Or are we, are we accepting it as part of our reality? Now, there's going to be times, like, like with Paul, says, you know, pursued God. Take this away from me. Take away this thorn, whatever it was. And he pursued until he said, no, I want you to live with it. My grace is sufficient. I will be everything else you need. And, and yet you and I, we give up. We accept living miserably. We, we are so disconnected from the joy that is part of God's nature, the peace, the comfort. You know, think about when Jesus was walking around town to town. He had such a short ministry, three and a half years, but he turned the world upside down. And yes, he said profound things, but more than anything, he was the presence of God. And he drew everyone and everything to him. His very presence brought conviction and healing at the same time. Raised the dead and started the the process that would lead to his own death at the same time. And his rock, his comfort, his reliance was on his father. Not on his own belief of who he was. He didn't go around, well, I'm Jesus, and whatever comes out of my mouth must be true. It's like, no, I have been with the Father. He, those are the patterns that he is, has given to us to be with the Father. When we're with the Father, we're with God. We're not going to get into the, the different aspects of, of the Trinity or, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But just as I think what he's part, at least partly showing us is we cannot define using our soul. We can't define spirit. You can't understand spirit through your natural senses. You can't understand spirit only with your soulical senses. It takes a revelation. Understanding the spirit takes experience. It takes the revelation, the revealing of God, and the eyes to see. Now, as your soul is more and more restored to your spirit, you will more and more see and understand and experience what is already going on in the spirit. We've talked so many times about what's already going on in the natural. You know, the light waves, our eyes only see a very small 
percentage of the light waves. Our ears only pick up a small percentage of uh, sound waves. What we smell, we only smell and taste and feel a very narrow range of what is in our natural environment. In the supernatural, it's the same way. So we're only perceiving a very small amount of what's always there. So many want to experience, you know, the angelic or even understand how to take authority over the demonic. They want to understand heaven and hell and time. And that's great. Those are all things to be, that's fine to be curious about. The thing is, is they're all always there. You asking to perceive angelic beings doesn't make them all of a sudden there. Always have ministering beings, guiding beings, not just the the, the kinds of angels we think of as, as warriors or messengers. There's quite a variety of of what we would consider the good people, the good critters, the good supernatural beings. There's also all different kinds of what we would consider the bad supernatural beings. Guess what? They are all working on our behalf. We need the devil. We need his existence so we can learn how to use our weapons so we can learn how to overcome god left and and created the devil and his critters his little buddies for us just as he created and sends the uh, what we again what we consider the good supernatural beings to help us they're all helping us because they're all at god's beck and call there are no beings no supernatural beings that are not under god's direct control he didn't wind up the devil And this is part of one of those belief systems that needs to change. We think that, you know, the devil is a fallen angel. Now, if you want to say that he, you know, was one kind of supernatural being and and God converted him into being another kind of supernatural being, you know, that he was a good supernatural being and God said, okay, I'm going to have to, change your your job description and now you're going to be on the other team and that that supernatural being would have said okay and god would have changed him and he would have then been become the leader of the other side still under the absolute control and power of god no less so than the good supernatural beings. And maybe we need to spend more time on this. 
this is maybe where some of the concern is, is that the whole idea that, okay, there are creatures out there that escaped from God and that they can hurt us because God can't protect us because there's these bad creatures out there. But they're all beings that God created and God sends and allows in our lives. Just let's look at the natural. There are good creatures that we like, bunnies, you know, and kitties and and puppy dogs and butterflies. We aren't afraid of them for the most part, but we understand them and we like them and we enjoy them. And then there's critters that we're afraid of or don't like, you know, mosquitoes and snakes and, and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my Critters that we don't want to come face-to-face with. Even viruses, bacteria, God created those. Now, even when we manipulate them, even when our body changes them, that's God. God does not separate himself from any molecule existing. He created every molecule and every cell and every being. And because he created it, he's in control of it. He does not wind things up and then say, okay, go for it. Let's see what you can do. He has a goal in mind. He has a goal in mind for you. And it's not so you can work for him. It's not really for him. It's for you. And you becoming more one tickles him pink, makes him happy, pleases God. When you are healed, he's thrilled about it. When you are released from a a belief that is a bondage and keeping you from enjoying life, He is ecstatic. When you are changed, he becomes satisfied because you are part of him and he loves you. And his goal for you is to make you able to receive more and more and more of his very nature, which is now your nature. Your new nature is to give, to give the love that you have already received. Now, the problem is, in our soul, we've received only a little tiny bit of that love. So that's what God is doing, is he's, you know, that, that old, the, uh, the new wineskin. It's his changing you. Well, our part is to learn how the supernatural realm works so that we can live and move. And and whatever resources are there that he wants to teach us about, we start out with the basics. We accept that the supernatural realm was created by him and that everything that goes on there is always under his control. He hasn't set anything in motion and then is just now waiting to see 
what kind of good things pop up and what kind of bad things pop up. Do horrendous things happen? Yes. And if you look at the history of the world, it is a history of war and carnage and death and disease, uh, but also creativity and love and exploration and beauty. Those are the same things that are going on inside of us. And we need everything. We need all of it. So we find ourselves now living in interesting times. So we have an even greater opportunity to explore the supernatural realm. Accepting that whatever is going on there is all under God's control. And it's going on exactly according to his plan. Our goal is to get on his time frame, his timeline, see things from his perspective, not to make him think we can make him comply with ours, to ours. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be picking up there next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at org, or visit the website. You can use the contact form there or through Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.